Hello, this is the WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross Maccabee. Each week we talk to one of your favorite WGN Morning News personalities. We ask them personal questions and try to make them squirm a little bit. We dig up the scuttlebutt and dish on the hot goss. Ross, what do you like most about this week's guest? I like this week's guest because he makes bald look beautiful. How about you, Brian? What do you like about this week's guest? I love this week's guest because three years ago, I asked him to shoot a segment where he picks up coworkers in a van in the WGN parking lot, and he said yes, absolutely. <laughs> This is the WGM Morning News Podcast. Our guest this week is morning show weatherman Paul Conrad. Paul joins us now. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Larry Potash was supposed to be our guest. Yeah. And um, we had to sort of scramble and get you. And it's, it's you know, you had to bail Potash out again, yep. which it's fitting because you've been doing that for like 25 years. 25 years. And, let, you know, we don't like to talk about this too often. But once again, Larry down for the count with the old exploding diarrhea. Mm. And uh, I heard he hurt his back, got shot off the sh**. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> But I think he'll be fine, from what I understand. Well, Paul, we work for Channel 9. This is a behind-the-scenes podcast where we learn secrets about you. I was wondering if I could ask you nine very personal questions. Are you willing to answer my questions? Oh, yeah, sure. All right, time now for nine very personal questions. These are nine very personal questions. All right, Paul, are you ready? Yep. Mm -hmm. Question number one. What is the best dessert? Uh, I'm going with ice cream on that one. Any flavor. Vanilla ice cream, I'll go with that. Ross, how about you? Uh, mint chocolate chip. Uh-huh. Brian? Cookies and cream. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Mm. Which actor would play you in the WGN Morning News movie? Ooh, uh, probably uh, Denzel Washington. Let's say you have three hours to yourself without any commitments. How do you spend that time? Ooh, uh, I'm likely going to golf. Which movie is the best movie? Oh, gosh. Uh, all right, the one that I uh, have seen uh, is uh, it's an amazing I think it's a documentary. I saw it in my childhood. I have a hard time getting all the details right. But it's a, basically a documentary about this uh, donkey uh, who uh, there's this football team that's struggling. And they find out that this donkey can kick field goals. His name is Gus. And um, he goes on and wins like the, I don't know if it was a Super Bowl or whatever it was. But um, Gus, without a doubt. And if, Phenomenal. It's a real story also from, uh, I don't know, it was in the 70s or 80s. It's amazing. Check it out. It's on Netflix probably. What is your favorite word? Um, you know, the one that I use that most people aren't using, uh, I've got two of them. Uh, one is fart knocker. Um, <laughs> I like fart knocker uh, because it can kind of be like a cuss word and, it can get me out of some trouble at times. The other one that I like is jackloader, because uh, jackloader sounds dirty, but there's nothing dirty about it. So fart knocker? Fart knocker is a good one, yeah. And jackloader. Jackloader. Could you use fart knocker in a sentence? Yeah. Hey, you stupid fart knocker, cut it out. Okay. All right. Now jackloader. Hey, <laughs> you stupid jackloader, <laughs> cut it out. Okay. It's kind of like a name calling kind of thing, right? Sure. While being safe. Right. Least favorite smell? Ooh, uh, this one I've got a lot of clarity on. It's Hodgkins, Illinois. Uh, I don't know if you've ever driven through there, but it's right off the 55, uh, somewhere just outside of uh, Chicago, and you're heading south, and it smells like 
the worst thing ever. Could you describe the smell? That's just it. Like uh, it's it's like this combination of chemical, vomity kind of rat crotch smell. This is kind of where I'm going to go. That's rich. It's very rich. Why were you in Hodgkins? I drive by there a lot. Uh, if you guys, have you never driven down that in that area? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Field trip sometime. Okay. It's a mess. The three of us. Every time. Yeah, the three of us. It'd be fun. Just for the smell. It's pretty consistent also. I feel like, and here's what's true, whenever I'm driving through that area on the expressway, I speed Mm. intentionally because I'm like there's not a chance in hell that a state trooper is going to park themselves here and radar me because it smells awful so like that's my one area where I feel like oh, all right I'm going to really speed here just for the fun of it have you ever stopped off never I'm afraid to get off it's awful it's really awful the people of Hodgkins will know what I'm talking about as will the surrounding areas and anyone who drives down the 55 they'll be like yeah 100 percent is Hotchkiss in our viewing area? Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And again, it's probably nothing against the people there, but you know, if we're going to be honest here, this is a podcast where we have to be honest. Someone's got to look in the mirror there and say, hey, we've got a bad reputation. I don't, I, you know, It's just horrible. I'm glad you've acknowledged that this is a podcast and we have to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep that theme All going. Right. Yeah, fair enough. When you order a pizza, where do you like to order from, and what are your go-to toppings? Oh, okay. Um, It's typically one of uh, two places, either Domino's, uh, and I'll get uh, pepperoni on that uh, sometimes. And then I also live next to Lou Malnati's, so uh, I'll dance back and forth. My younger uh, kids like the Domino's, and the older kids prefer the um, Malnati's. And uh, so it's one of those two. See, at first I thought you were kidding about Domino's. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's a respectable product. A lot of people like to poo-poo it, and they're highbrow folk. But uh, I'm one of these people. This is a pizza town, man. you got a yeah. lot of options. And yeah. Domino's, you're going to Domino's. Well, you know who's number three on my list? The 7-Eleven on the corner of Racine and Adams. They make one hell of a pizza there. I forgot that you'll eat absolutely anything. It's a good pizza. And here's the thing. You get a whole pizza for six ninety nine there. <laughs> Their sweaty wieners are pretty good also, if I might say. Not as good as a mobile gas station on Route 59 and uh, I think it's 75th Street. Is that right? 75th Street? Somewhere in there. What do you think happens when we die? Ah, so here's my thinking on it. Uh... How about you guys first? What about you? What do you think happens, Ross? <laughs> I was not ready for this <laughs> question. Isn't that great? It's called turning the tables. Uh, I think I'll come back as a uh, giraffe or a giraffe? possibly a rhinoceros. All right. Yeah. Brian, where are you? It's complex. You know? It is complex. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I, I think, though, that I will defer to put you. It back, <laughs> put it back at me. I've got very clear opinions on it. And uh, I think that when you die, your body's done, you're separated from your physical body. And then at that point, you go before God and you are either on your way to Hades or you're on your way to heaven. And in my understanding of things, there can't be any sin in heaven, right? Like if you can't have bad things up there. So like I wouldn't qualify to get into heaven based on my <laughs> life story, right? But uh, I think that it is through Christ and his death that 
that's the opportunity for me to get that cleansing or that sin accounted for so that I can go to heaven. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. It's probably pretty mainstream Christian belief, but it's also really complex because that also means that you believe that there's a hell uh, for people who don't have their sin accounted for, which is, I'm sure, a very unpopular opinion. And the other thing that I think is interesting, because I was listening to other people in this podcast answer that question, is the irony is that probably everybody has their own personal opinion on it. And at some point, there's got to be like a real answer, like the truth, right? And so where do you figure out where that truth is? Like, I think I'm guilty probably of when you look at like New Testament stuff and how uh, I think Christ said something like, if you even look upon a woman then you've committed sin in your heart or however that thing goes. I know that I would not make it into heaven based on my the goodness, no matter how many good things I did. I've got enough brokenness in me that I wouldn't be afforded a ticket in. Is that fair? So the faith catapults you. My faith in Christ. And it's really it's about Christ's forgiveness of my sins. I think that's the only way you get in. So, And I know that's really a wor- narrow world view, but it's the one I've chosen. So you said you've been listening to the podcast. There's a couple people who've said they don't believe. Do you think they're going to hell? Um, I'm not the judge, um, but I would imagine, like in that theology, I'd probably have to say, yeah. But do you believe as a Christian that people are worthy of redemption? Yeah, I think up until the second we die, um, you know, we've got an opportunity to acknowledge God and choose him as a redemption for our sin. Like, I think it's something that nobody really is spending a ton of time really trying to do the thoughtful math on. Well, if I believe heaven is heaven, why should I, like, we'd like to all put ourselves on a scale. We all think we're better than somebody else, but we all, we've all got tons of unaccounted for sin, right? You know, it can be really small stuff, but it can also be big stuff. And that's to me, that's why it weighs heavy on me is because I'm like, if, if the Son of God really died on the cross to forgive me for my sins and I'm not even owning up to my sins or acknowledging my sins, if he's really the Son of God, like that's, there's some significant consequence for that. Great question. I'll be honest with you, it's been my favorite question to listen to on all these podcasts and to hear. And I'll, I'll be like Jindra's answer, that she kind of went to the science thing on it. And um, like I love that. I love that as her answer. I think it's a great answer. But I also think, like, I've wrestled with this, like, scientifically, how can you get to this point where you would... I just believe that, to me, creation seems far more plausible when you look at the complexity of our gene structure. Like, for me to believe that out of nothing, two things came and created this incredibly complex world with complex people uh, that we can build and do all these things, it just seems like it's, it, the, the, ch- the probability that it's chance just seems way too hard for me to buy into. And when I was in college, I'll never forget, I was walking down, it's like 1130 at night, I'm walking home from DePaul and I'm walking up to my apartment that was up on um, Pine Grove Avenue, 3801 North Pine Grove Avenue. And as I'm walking down Halstead, this guy, it's 1130 at night, this guy comes after me, like this big, scary guy. I'm an 18-year-old kid. And he starts yelling at me, why did you kill my brother? Why did you kill Elijah Hubbard? And I'm like, you got the wrong guy. 
and he wasn't right. You know, he was one of these guys who he was just not right. And so he came after me, and he hit me. And so I take off running, just trying to get away from him. And he chased me all the way up to Diversity. So we were at Fullerton and Halstead and Lincoln. And he's chasing me. I'm running in the middle of the street yelling for help. And at 1130, there wasn't anyone all that interested in helping me. Uh, but I finally got away from him, right? And when I got back to my apartment, I'm like, man, what would have happened if I had died there? Like, what is the what plays out? And at that time, I grew up Catholic, and but I didn't own any of my – they weren't my world or religious views at the time. But that was this point for me where I'm like, huh, what would have happened had I died? Like, what is – who would have cared? And what happens? Do, does my soul move on or is this it? And so it was really in college that I began to start asking these questions. All right, what are all the worldviews? What, what do I believe in for myself? And it did wind up taking me on this journey where I'm like, mm, I'm going to believe that Christ, uh, that what is written about Christ and uh, the story of Christ, that it's real, that he is a real figure of history, that what he said was recorded accurately, and um, that uh, – here's the other part for me. Like I have so much peace and joy in my life because of my relationship with God and the peace. Like I know a lot of people are like, well, God's a killjoy who's telling you you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. What I've learned the longer I've lived is that the things that he's telling us not to do are ultimately for our protection. It's like when I tell my son, you know, when you're out, drive the speed limit. I'm not telling it to him because I'm trying to take away his fun. I want him to live. I want him to have a full life, right? And so um, I just know from in my relationship with God, like I have peace because I know the, the sins of my life are forgiven. Um, and I have purpose in what I do, and I have joy. Like, I also have joy. So that's where my faith takes me. All right. Well, Paul, if you weren't at the old number nine, where do you think you would be? That is a great question. Um, you know, there's part of me that thinks that I would like to see myself on the square dance circuit as one of the callers. You know, the guy who stands in front with the band and he shouts out, give me a salamander left. Like that to me would be like the dream job if I could do that for eight hours a day and get paid two, three million dollars <laughs> doing that. Uh, like that'd be awesome, right? Right. I looked on LinkedIn and some of those job things I can't find yeah. quite. Honky tonk uh, announcer. It's, it's, it's something in there. What's the, um, uh, the garb for that? What do you, what do you well, wear? I think you got to have one of those... Um, those ties, Ooh, the bolo, 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 bolo tie, tie yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, and then just I think a flannel shirt and a cowboy hat. Yeah. I would wear the shorty short jeans Ooh. Uh, and some cowboy boots. Got to uh, put your flavor to, on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to mix it up, right? Because yeah. the straight jeans has already been done. Sure, you want people to go. Yeah, the guy who wears the shorty shorts calling these things, he's the best. Now, will we be able to see your tukus? Yeah, I think so. Depends on the day. Sure, and I'd probably drop my uh, pencil or keys every once in a while just to make sure. <laughs> Spice it all up. Yeah, I know a lot of this sounds contradictory to the faith aspect uh, that I was. <laughs> I think you're just playing. I was talking about yeah, yeah a little fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, that was question number nine. I had one last bonus question. Oh, I love bonus questions. It's a little controversial. This is a bonus controversial question. Are you ready? I'm ready. You've been here at WGN for 26 years. Have you ever come close to leaving this place? Yes, multiple times. Oh. There have been a couple times in my contract negotiations here where um, we just couldn't come to an agreement. And, um, like, I've... I enjoy my time here. Like, I really do like my time here, but I also feel like we're a pretty um, profitable, significant operation here. And you know how you, when you get in negotiating your worth, you're always trying to figure out, can I do this and this? But I can think of two times that I've almost left to go take other jobs that were compelling. I'm glad I've stuck around. Um, and I think even at times in those negotiations, as things have been going south, there's always been part of me that's like, I still probably ultimately rather stay here. Probably a big part of it is because like Larry and Robin and Pat, we have such ease working together and chemistry is just really hard to find, right? And once you find it and it works, you wanna just settle into it and uh, enjoy it. And also WGN's this unique place where I would likely be fired within the first 30 days of the next place that I would go to because I, I think most TV news is incredibly predictable and boring. And um, I like to keep it unpredictable. I like to stay engaged. And that gets complicated, though, because you really have to watch where you are on things. But um, I think I'd be bored at other places if they didn't have this kind of format. Well, I'm happy that you've decided to stay. Yeah, me too. Thank you. All right, this has been Nine Very Personal Questions. These are Nine Very Personal Questions. You're listening to the WGN Morning News Podcast. More with Paul Conrad coming up. You're listening to the WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. Next week, we'll be joined by morning show anchor Larry Potash. If you have a question for Larry, call 773-883-3323. That's 773-883-3323. You can leave a voicemail and ask Larry whatever you want. Then we'll play it for him when we record his interview and force him to answer your question. Make it interesting. Make it funny. And and seriously, call. Call. We need you to call. One more time. That's 773-883-3323. Call now. This is the WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm Paul Conrad. Hey, thanks, Paul. Ross, I heard you found a clip. Yeah, Brian, I found a clip featuring this week's guest, Paul Conrad. And then I guess we should play a clip. Let's play a clip. Let's play a clip. All right, Paul, this segment is called Let's Play a Clip, and this clip shows off your parenting style. Oh, all right. Remember, ladies were giving birth to children in the desert with nothing, right? And we've been able to, you're more than enough. You don't need all this extra stuff. They're not going to remember the changing table. They're not going to remember yeah. the heat of Wipes, and they're not going to remember <laughs> Disneyland forever. Did you say that? Trust me. Listen, do something for yourself. The kids are going to drain the life out of you for the rest of your life. Yes. Enjoy the easy years. Yeah. Right? Keep uh. smoking the heaters and enjoy your gin and tonics. Right. Everyone will be all right. So that was from a recent segment where you offered up some advice for new moms. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a dad for the first time oh, in December. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It seems like you have a lot of ideas about proper parenting. Yeah. 
And you are an expert. You fathered 17 children? 17, yeah. 17 now. Yeah, 16 of them were my own. The 17th was a stray. Wow, okay. Uh, what's your secret? Uh, I will say, uh, like this clip does remind me, like there are all these expectations uh, that society puts on you to be this kind of a dad or this kind of a mom. You, my overall belief is trust your instincts. You're likely right, right? And don't worry about performing for everybody else in your parenting. Your goal is to launch them, to be healthy, to be emotionally connected and strong, and go from there. Like, I, like anyone can do it. Like pretty much anybody can be a, a father, right? Like the challenge becomes, all right, how do I prioritize this? What are my, what's my end game on this? And if the end game is you want a healthy kid who you have a healthy relationship with, it's a substantive investment. But I think most people get it. Now, I will say, uh, some of us maybe come from histories where we've had like bad parenting examples or bad modeling. For instance, not me, but my mom when she was seven years old, was dropped off at an orphanage uh, with her four brothers and sisters. Not that her parents were bad, but her dad died. This is during the Depression. And um, the mom couldn't raise five kids, so she had to drop them off. So like my mom's uh, view of, or her role model of parenting is different because she didn't have the traditional mom. She grew up with a house mom who had 37-year-old kids in the house and she raised kind of from that worldview. But I think if you've got a healthy father, odds are you've got a healthy you'll have a healthy relationship with your kids. That answer that one in a roundabout way? That does. Yeah. I feel like I know nothing. Yeah. My wife's like it's just going to come to her. Right. But uh, do you think I'll just figure it out just I think being you'll in that situation? I think you will because I think you look at your dad and you go, oh, "I love the these things that my dad did." And these are the things my dad did that drove me crazy. I'm going to do the opposite of those or different in some way or another. And um, I think you get enough feedback. Like I will say, like my kids, like the greatest joy in my life. And like from the day they were born, like every day up to this point, it's only gotten better, right? Like the depth that I love them the depth that they love me, like the fun that I'm having with them every day gets better. And I, I, so I've already sat down with my two boys and said, hey, listen, I want you to know how much I love you. And I also want you to know that I know that I screwed up a lot of these things along the way. I'm not a perfect dad, but my heart desire has been that I would be the best dad and that I would really do my best in raising you the best way. And I know there have been times when I've done it wrong. And I named, you know, some of those to my boys. I said, I just want you to know, I'm sorry. I want you to forgive me for the things that I've screwed up. But everything that I've done has been out of my desire for you to be the best that you possibly can be. And I'm doing it as a broken person, but I love you. And both my boys were like, oh, Dad, you know, don't even think twice of it. We know you're a great dad, which they could be liars. We'll find out soon enough. But um, so I, I just have confidence, especially knowing you, Ross, you'll do great. Appreciate that. I was wondering if I could get some more parenting advice from you. Can I run through a few scenarios? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, here we go. During the birth, Doc says, I see the head. Yeah. Do I look or not? Don't look. And frankly, here's the deal. You're going to want to try to find a way to get out of that room in the okay. first place, all right? You're spending a lot of money to have professionals in there and to do this work. Have you delivered a baby before? No. You think about this, 
you want professionals in there. So I'm in there with my first, and the doctor says to me, she looks at me, I'm standing there like baffled, and she says, will you take your wife's leg? And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't, I'm not going to take the leg because I'm, I'm paying you guys a lot of money. I'm supposed to be sitting either in the lounge or maybe on the other side of the room because there's some stuff going on here that I don't want to have to, you know, have an explanation for, and I don't want it locked into my memory bank, right? Right. And so uh, that's my advice. If you, there's a chance for you to get out of the room, cash in on that one right away. Would you come back in and cut the cord? Uh, no, I'm not even involved oh, okay. with that. I don't think, I'm trying to remember, I don't think I ever cut the cord uh, in my memory of it. Um, okay. I'm, <laughs> I must not have. Uh, so now teach its own. Now some people might be into that stuff, but I'm like, listen, if we're paying professionals, I know I am not a professional, you know, obstetrician or gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not. And um, I try to stay in my lane. And okay. that's and they'll put some pressure on you. And you just say right back to the doctor, doctor, you're the doctor. I'm a morning news producer. Yes, right. You don't want me messing this thing up. Exactly. I think that's great advice. Yeah, I think so too. So say I'm not in that room now, yeah. I'm outside. Yes. What's the best thing to bring to the hospital? Some cigars, uh, six pack? <laughs> well, here's the thing. They, you're not allowed to smoke in, this, in uh, the hospitals anymore. Okay, I'll write that Big down. Big mistake. Yeah. These hospitals have become like these institutions of puritanical behavior, right? Where mm. they got you washing your hands every eight feet and you can't smoke in there anymore. So, uh, yeah, maybe... I'm not opposed to the cigar, but I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to, they're going to make you sit outside at the entryway, and people are going to be staring at you. Now, I would, if you are going to get a cigar, get a shorter one, mm-hmm. because if you get a long, hour-long cigar, you may not be able to get the full value out of that. So bring a short cigar that maybe is a 15, 20-minute cigar, and then just pop in and out. Great tips. Yep. Uh, I want to talk some different parenting styles sure, with yeah. you. Uh, you know, there's this cry it out or do you pick them up? What would you oh, recommend? Yeah. This is a dilemma. Uh, I, yeah, I think you're screwed one either way, right? Like, so there is this thing where they say uh, when you put your kid in the room and you're trying to train them to sleep, you let them go an hour. And if they keep screaming after an hour, then you can go in, right? But the kid is manipulating you, trust me, because what you do is you let them go an hour and then, like in my case, my son quit crying after 58 minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm like, you little mm-hmm. animal. Uh, so I didn't go in. But that hour of sitting outside of the room where your kid's screaming, you feel like the worst parent on the planet. Uh, but then you got to stay with it. Because then the next day, he screamed for 47 minutes. The day after that, he screamed for 30 minutes. And then after that, it was done. Okay. So I'd say let him scream it out. Now, would you bring them into the room or always keep them in the nursery? Uh, no, leave them in the nursery. Okay. Yeah, the bedroom's for fun time. Okay. <laughs> Your wife will disagree with 80% of it, but trust me, she's wrong. There's this new fad of uh, cloth diapers. Are, are you doing that or are you doing regular diapers? Regular diapers, yeah. Because think of it this way. You've got all that excrement and... You're going to rinse that off, but then you're going to put that in your laundry machine. You don't want that. And these kids are doing this 20 times a day, right? Like you're going to go through a lot of these diapers, the cloth Mm. ones. That sounds like a nightmare. Don't waste your time with that. Get the disposable ones that, uh, you know, those are expensive also. That's, there's some problems in that world. So, uh, 
What I have found that I do is when you go to leave the hospital, say, hey, listen, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to steal like uh, 300 of your diapers. Could you just give me 150 right. of them? And they typically will. Okay. And then when you go to friends' houses who have kids that are just your take age, them. take theirs. Every time, try to walk out of the house with 10 to 20. Smart. Uh, do you believe in timeout? Timeout. Uh, timeout. Yeah, I think I do. I, I'm trying to remember if, <laughs> if I – I think I do, Yeah. Uh, I remember I was put into timeout yeah. uh, for causing trouble. I painted uh, the downstairs uh, basement of my house one time, which apparently I was not supposed to. Mm. Uh, and I just put a big racing stripe around the whole wall in gold, which I thought looked cool. Sweet. But I remember sitting in timeout uh, until my dad got home. And here's the thing. I still remember it to this <laughs> very day. Okay. So that's like my one big timeout. Uh, but I think timeouts help. Probably it helps me more than it helps the kid, but I like the kid suffering a little bit and feeling the consequences of their behavior. What are your thoughts on leashes for toddlers? I think they're perfectly fine. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, hey, you're treating that thing like an animal. Uh, well, let's be honest. A lot of these kids are animals. And if you have an opportunity, like you, it's hard, right? Like you're in a world now where there's traffic there's bicycles and just to kind of know i got that leash that i can give it a little bit of a yank and boom that kid's gonna go down that's i, I don't think i ever used it myself but i'm certainly not gonna tell somebody not to do it you know my parents put me on a leash mm. all right never mind then change that thing that i said okay, about the, don't if, do the leash thing because if they end up like brian yeah yeah uh, sorry brian <laughs> final scenario yeah it's springtime a buddy calls me and asks me to go golfing Oh, yeah. My wife says, yeah, you can go. Oh, yeah. Is that a trap? Uh, that's, that is a great <laughs> question. Now, here's what I've been doing lately. I just have a form that I've got filled mm -hmm. out that says, you're fine with me golfing? And then I fill in uh, the dates and times, and then she signs it. And then right. that way, because it, it, it likely could be a trap, yeah. right? But this is where legally it's important to have some of this stuff in writing. Okay. Because if things go south, uh, you always want to have some form of documentation with it. It's, I went for a stretch where my I didn't have my wife sign it, but I would secretly record her signing off on it because okay. inevitably it is going to come back and you want some form of documentation that you can use in court if need be uh, that will stand up. Right. Okay. Great. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Very All fair. right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Great sure. advice. Yeah. Glad to help. Fantastic. I had a question for you two. Uh, yeah. One is a father and one is about to be a father. How do you convince the woman to let you be the father? <laughs> oh, well, that's a great, great question. Because I can't find a willing participant. Yeah. You know? Ah, you're in a dilemma. Yeah. You are in a dilemma. Like, it sounds like you guys are having a great time. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, I feel yeah, a little yeah. left well, out. Yeah. You know? I can look around and see if I can find a couple for you that might be willing, but they're not. E it's not easy to find, I no, will say. No, no. I would say blind luck. Yeah, I really think blind, yeah, yeah. Is that how it worked for you two, blind luck? I, I still don't know how it happened. My wife has a history of making bad decisions, and <laughs> so she has to live with the consequences, and I just happen to be one of many that she has made. Hmm. Right. So maybe find some a woman who does make poor choices, uh, and maybe she's irresponsible. And raise a child with her. Yeah, and <laughs> that'll at least get you into the game. Okay. And then from there, you got to figure it out. You can pivot. You can always pivot. All right. Well, thank you, guys. You're welcome. It's not you. Are you sure? Definitely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. This is the WGM Morning News Podcast. Stay tuned. We've got a fun surprise coming up next.
Time now for checking in with Baumgarten. Hey, Robin. What? Hey, Robin. Huh? Time for checking in with Baumgarten. Each week I check in with morning show weatherman Paul Conrad. Since this is Paul's episode, I thought I'd check in with Robin this week. Let's check in with her now. Hey, Robin. Well, hey, Brian. So, Robin, have you been enjoying listening to the podcast? Um, yes. I have not heard. <laughs> have you been listening? <laughs> yes, been? I have. They've been wonderful, Brian. What was your favorite episode? Um, it was, um... It was the one with um, Pat talking about his comedy show, or was it Sarah Jindra, or Dan was good, and so was Marcus, and you know Lauren. They were all really good. All I, I hate it's like picking a favorite child. Have you listened to the podcast, Robin? Sure, really good. Well done, <laughs> well done, top notch. What's on your mind, Robin? Um, I was just thinking, a lot of things scare me. I was talking to Paul about this the other day, and. I got to stop being so fearful, you know, like Stabby Joe's going to get me. I'm afraid of the hippos. I'm afraid it kind of paralyzes me in my everyday life. And so I just started thinking about this. I'm like, where does this stem from, right? Well, it stems from my childhood. I mean, my my parents were always making me worry about, you know, any type of illness. I might get rabbit fever. That was a big one with my mom. I was I was afraid of saccharin. You know, saccharin was going to get you. You know, when you had the tab soda, you know, the saccharin's no good. And then they switched to NutraSweet. I thought I was going to die of the poisoning from the saccharin. Also, I mean, dandruff. Remember how many commercials had dandruff? And they were you were going to be plagued by dandruff and going to school and showing up with white powder on your shoulders. I was terrified of getting dandruff all the time. I kept telling my mom, get some head and shoulders. She wouldn't buy it because it was too much money. And so I was afraid of the dandruff. I was also terrified of quicksand. Where did the quicksand go? Every plot storyline of the 70s and 80s had quicksand. Did it just go away? Did it ever exist? Was it made up for TV? These things keep me up at night. And now... I'm afraid to get on escalators to this day. You know why? Because my mother told me your jacket zipper could get stuck in an escalator if you drag it around down by your feet and it's going to pull you under and you die. See, now people wonder why I'm afraid of Stabby Joe and of the hippos and everything else and Larry Potash and bad cologne and enclosed spaces. It all stems from my childhood. So maybe on one of your future episodes, you can have my mom and dad, but they will plague you for the rest of your life and give you nightmares. So just a few things I'm thinking about, Brian. All right, this has been Checking In with Baumgarten. Hey, Robin. What? Hey, Robin. Huh? Time for Checking In with Baumgarten. We'll have more with Paul Conrad coming up. I said we wouldn't do it, but I couldn't resist. Time now for Checking In with Conrad. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hello. Time for checking in with Conrad. Each week I check in with morning show weatherman Paul Conrad. Let's check in with him now. Hey, Paul. Hello. Paul, do you know what size shoe Robin wears? Oh. I'm trying to get a jump start on my holiday shopping, and I thought I could surprise her with some nice pumps. That is a great question. I have no idea. You've worked with her a long time. Yeah, I have worked with her for a long time. I'm going to go, if I had to guess, and I'm no mentalist or anything like that, but I would like to know if, if I'm right or not. I'm going with an eight. Is that a large for a woman? I don't know. Yeah, small, medium, or large. I'm guessing it's an eight. Okay. Uh, that she's got uh, that's uh, big feet. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> I may be wrong. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't really look at her feet. So. Well, no, I don't either. Yeah. But now that you mention it, I when I get back out in the sun, I'm going to s- s- sniff around a little bit, see what I can find out. Yeah, you get as close as you can. All right. What's on your mind, Paul? Uh, well, 
now I'm lost in the, <laughs> the whole shoe world. Uh, so I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I think I, did, I don't want to offend. Like, I, I, to be honest, I don't know if eight is a large. Like, is there a small, medium, large for women? I, like, it is, is there a small, men? medium, and large for us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get the medium shoe, the large shoe, or the small Where shoe. Where do you get your shoes? I get them out of a little store down the road. And then you got different colors. I've gone with the larges for the last, I don't know, 25 years. I haven't thought about it. Oh. So I'm guessing she's an eight. And, and that's a large. Well, I'm guessing on a scale of one to 10, uh, 10's got to be an XL. And then eight's probably a large, six is probably a medium, four, two, four is a small, and then two is an extra small. So, yeah. And then zero might mean you don't have like a, you only have half a foot or something, right? Like you got three toes and a, a heel or something. I think Robin has complete full feet. Right. That's why I went with an eight. Okay. All right. This has been Checking in with Conrad. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hello. Time for Checking in with Conrad. We'll have even more with Paul Conrad coming up. This is the WGN Morning News Podcast. We're here with Paul Conrad. Paul, you've been at WGN for nearly 30 years now, and I heard that one time you saw a side of Bozo that many of us have never seen. Yeah, this was a kind of a traumatic experience for me. Like, I grew up in Chicago. I grew up watching Bozo. You know, like, uh, it's Bozo, right? Like, everybody loves and admires Bozo. It's like one of the early on when I was here, I was invited to be on the Bozo show uh, to do some sketch. So uh, Bozo and Rusty the Clown uh, invite me. But th- so in that moment, they're not uh, Bozo and Rusty the Clown. It- it's Robin Urich and Joey Dioria, like the guys who play Bozo. So we're in the hallway and they're like, oh, yeah, come on in. We'll get this thing going. So I'm in the dressing room with Robin and Joey, and they begin the process of becoming Bozo. And, and like I'm in there, and I'm watching Joey in his boxers and T-shirt become Bozo, right? And you don't know at what point do you start now referring to them as Bozo as opposed to Joey. But I'm sitting there thinking this is like out of a dream. I'm in here, Bozo's in his underwear, and Rusty the Clown's here in his underwear in a T-shirt. Like, it's a little bit of an odd situation, right? Like, Did you take your clothes off to join them? That was (laughs) what made it awkward, was because typically if you're in a room where two guys are there in their underwears, you should do the same, right? I didn't didn't know, you know, like when in Rome... Mm as the Romans, right? So I did not in that moment, which probably is what stirs all this awkwardness up inside of me. But when you see like your childhood, you know, friend in his underwear for the first time, it's a little bit of a disturbing thing. And I was probably 30, 31, 32 years old. And uh, that image has stuck with me ever since. So if you close your eyes right now, yeah. can, can you picture it? Oh, I can. Yeah. Harry. Oh, yeah. Joey had hairy legs. Rusty, i be honest with you, I tried to not. It's an awkward thing. Like, you don't want to be staring or trying. You're trying to keep eye contact, right? And they're putting their makeup on, looking in the mirror. and um, But it's an unusual thing that I have to believe that not a ton of people have experienced. So 
would is this like top five moments here? Or? Ooh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say probably top ten. Can we run through the list? Uh, I don't know if I could come up with the list. I'm trying to remember. I saw Skilling in a dress, <laughs> um, and then you know I think he had a wig on and maybe some earrings. Um, that was just at a party that I caught him at. Um, and then <laughs> Is that true? That was for TV, wasn't it? <laughs> it was for TV. Yeah. Um, and I've got some other stories that I can't share because they would, uh, they're not my stories to tell. Sure. <laughs> uh, there's some really great ones. Would you list the time you got in Tom Skilling's bathtub as a top moment? Uh, I would say definitely yes. There's, I've got a picture of me in the tub with Skilling sitting on the toilet next to the tub. <laughs> On my Apple TV, it, that picture <laughs> pops up every once in a while. And I'm like, that was a funny moment. That was a funny day. That guy's amazing, right? Like, for all the successes that he has, that he still has a sense of humor about himself, I love it. So you grow up in the Chicago area. Yep. You're watching Bozo. You get a job at WGN. You're going to be on Bozo. Yeah. Which in itself is like, right. that's cool. Were you like, whoa. Yeah. Like the little kid in you is like... There is part of me that, um, frankly, the first time I walked into this place, I'm like, holy crap, this is WGN, the land of Skilling and land of Bozo and the Cubs. Um, Like, this is amazing, right? Like, and it is, like, there's part of me that's like, wow, this is really still pretty cool. I also remember the first time walking through the hallways of this place, walking in, because in your mind as a kid, you're thinking, this is like a massive operation that is great. And then you walk in this building, you're like, well, holy crap, what's going on here? This place is a rat hole, like it's a mess. <laughs> uh, but it's how TV's done. So you get here, you're meeting with um, the guys who play Bozo and Rusty the Clown, yeah. and, and you gotta be excited, right? And then you go back into their dressing room and then suddenly- They're in their panties. And uh, it's an awkward situation, but what are you going to do? They're comfortable in their underwear talking with. Are you comfortable if the if we were in a meeting here, professionals, all our coworkers, how comfortable would you be standing around in your underwear and t-shirt? Well, you've been in your underwear in front yeah. of us before. Yeah. And um, I think <laughs> I've been in, in, in my underwear in front of all of you before. Yeah. And I think Ross has been in his underwear yeah. in front. All so, right, so never mind then. Yeah. 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 It's all equal. Is this happening in every office, do you suppose? Mm, I can't imagine I so. I don't know. I was encouraged to take my shirt off on TV, yeah. so I don't think that happens in every office. You don't think so? I don't know. This is a weird place. Yeah. And we do weird things. Right. We really do. It's a great idea, though. Maybe this is something that for Halloween or the Christmas season, like it's a Halloween or Christmas party, everyone comes in their underwear. Break down barriers. Yeah. Or just for the podcast, I think moving forward, yeah. Yeah. we should all just be in our underwear. <laughs> we'll start that with Larry. Yeah. Right. He's comfortable. I've seen him in his underwear. Is that right? Yeah. How does he look? He's great. That guy is built like a brick shit house, man. He just is strong. Yeah. I saw him at this uh, fighting boxing event 20 years ago. He nearly killed the guy. Like, he is this massively big, strong fighter. So, Of all the people you've seen in their skivvies here at WGN, who has impressed you most? Was it Bozo? Uh, either Bozo or Robin. Um <laughs> I'm going to go with Bozo or general manager number two. Uh, oh. Either one of those two. You talk about coming into WGN, being in awe of everyone who's been here before, but do you finally feel like you and the rest of the crew on the morning show are in a place of, like, you're the people. 
you're the main people. You've made this morning show what it is. Do you feel like you're in a leadership role or you feel like, hey, I've, I've really done it? I've done something yeah, here? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, every so often I do stop and I think, I wonder if people look at me the way that they looked at these people ahead of me. I never feel like that is it. Like I always feel like we're just making sausage here, right? Like we're just cranking it out. I do feel like I'm still invested in this thing. Like I feel like we've got to keep, and I, I give Larry and Robin credit for this, especially them, because, um, you know, a lot of news operations, if you're an anchor, and I know the industry is changing so much, but you would come in, you read your scripts, the show's over, it's a half hour or an hour long show and you're done, right? And like Larry and Robin, I find them to be incredibly invested, right? Where they'll read a script. And part of it is that they know that in another hour, they're going to have to reread that script. But they're like, let's get this thing fixed. Let's make sure we're telling it right. And like they still are engaged. There's a lot of people who've totally disengaged. And I think I've gone through seasons where I've been more engaged or less engaged. But I still think that I'm engaged and still trying to figure out how do we make this thing interesting after all these years? What are some ideas that we can do that um, will connect us with our audience and just keep this thing moving forward? So, but it is funny because when I got hired here, in my mind, literally, I'm thinking, if I can last here three years, this will <laughs> be a success, right? And now I'm here 26 years, and I'm like, what in the world, right? Like, what has happened? It's crazy. You talked about um, sort of that awe that first time you walked in this place. Yeah. Do you still feel that today? Uh, maybe a little bit. I had lunch with the GM yesterday. Great lunch, by the way. Great guy. Uh, and he keeps saying, you know, even for him, he's like, I still have to kind of remind myself, I'm at WGN-TV. Like, this is a big-time station in a big-time city uh, that is winning big-time in comparison to so many other operations. So I think there is that part of me that when you walk in when it's dark and you see the WGN lit up and you're kind of like, huh, I'm in Chicago. I'm in my hometown, which is a big deal. And like I do, when we started, this show was number four or number five in the market, right? And I think we just celebrated 15 years as being a number one. And uh, so there, I do have some pride in like, yeah, we've like one management um, had patience with us. They had, you know, it had been easy to cancel this show many times when we were number three or number four. And um, the station has been patient. They haven't interfered. Like I will give them a lot of credit for not interfering with our show. We've put a lot of horrible stuff on the air over the years, but they've always kind of been, yeah, it we'll get there. And now that we're number one, they're even still good about saying, let's just leave them alone. we got other problems elsewhere we'll try to fix. What do you think, um, I mean, I'm not rushing you into retirement, but yeah. you've been here a long time, and I'm yeah. sure that's something you've thought about. Yeah. What do you have left to do here? Ah, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I think for me, what I'm finding more and more is like just this stuff with you guys, and like I've got this great relationship with Morgan Kochmeyer, right, where she's – She's in her 20s, right? Like, I think I am as old as her dad is, right? And so there's part of me that, like, I love advocating for Morgan. I love 
bouncing stuff. Like she's so smart and she knows how to do stuff. But I feel like I can kind of be an advocate for the younger people around here. Um, I don't feel like I've got that much to prove or do. But I think what maybe what I enjoy as much as anything is the relationships. Here's the reality. I've been doing the same freaking weather forecast for the last 26 years, Monday through Friday, with the same two people, right? And um, it doesn't jazz me up. So there is this fatigue. The longer you've been doing it, you're kind of like, all right, I've been doing this forever. So you got to find different avenues, different. To me, the relational parts of it are probably why I show up for this job as much as anything. Like I like, I love the people that I work with. I love Robin. I love knowing her world. I love talking about our kids. Same with Larry, same with Pat. Uh, so I've got these great friendships. So it's like, I'm just gonna come and experience it, be with them and then see what we can do to keep it interesting. And I think you downplay the effect you have because on the days that you're not here, we're missing that one liner after a kicker, we're missing that one liner. Marcus does a story in trending in it, and I, I hear you go, ooh. Right. And I, <laughs> and I hear you chime in, and I, th- and I think it's just really interesting that we have all these different personalities uh, that bring something to the table. And like you, I, I mean, not to date you, but yeah. I remember watching the morning show thinking, Pat's awesome. It's like watching Sports Center, but on the local channel. Watching you and being like, that guy's hilarious. He always has a one liner that kills. I love history. Larry's always had yeah. a history, yeah. you know, a side of, you know, news that he brought out where you were like, oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. And then Robin just kind of holds the whole show together. Yeah. She laughs, you laugh. Yeah. So I think you guys end up downplaying the effect of you as a whole. Right. And the effect that if you're not there, that the show is not the, the puzzle. Show. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting. And I do think that that's also kind of what helps the show like you may think that i'm a complete idiot and you hate every comment that i make but you like i love pat or i love robin i can put up with paul because robin does so much for me which i think helps us out a lot yeah what advice would you have for brian and i moving forward you advocate for us yeah what advice would you give us to say hey keep pushing it forward here and and keep moving the morning show into a direction that you'd like to see yeah uh, I would say don't give up. Just keep fighting at it, right? Like I, I think that um, it's easy. Like this place can really cause you to lose your mind. I remember walking out of here so many times being so angry and then thinking, why am I carrying all this anger with me? If this place doesn't care as much as I care, why should I be walking away? Why am I so emotionally invested in this thing? And I just think also recognizing we're a corporation, like we're part of a bigger thing and just getting anything done is hard, right? But if you believe in it enough, just keep fighting it and fighting it. And you'll you'll get portions of it. You won't ever probably get the whole thing, but sometimes portions are enough. One last thought though. I just, I think that um, you kind of alluded to it. You know, WGN, it is this really sort of special place. It's it's this Chicago institution. It's a gem, really, yeah. right? And I mean, we, we are so lucky to get to come here every day. And I, I think I have to remind myself of that because you're right. There are days where you get frustrated and there are hard days, but we also, we've all seen each other in our underwear and we do this stuff that like, it's just, it's not normal. We're not allowed to do this in other settings. So um, I, I think I have to remind myself of that every day. Yeah, it is a special place. And um, a lot of people would love to be here. Well, Paul, each week we ask listeners to call in and ask questions for our guest. Here's a voicemail from this week. 
quickie question. Did Dan Ponce uh, compose that catchy tune for your very own uh, commercial? I love it. Thank you very much. I'm sure he didn't write that. And he probably is telling everyone that he wrote that song, knowing Dan, uh, and probably has convinced his parents. I don't know if you guys know this, but his mom hates him. Uh, she has told me many times uh, secretly, but let's keep that between the three of us. Hi, please. I want us to be on WGN. Call me back when you're on WGN. Um, uh, I'm going to go at school so after 4 o'clock, okay? Okay, after 4 o'clock, okay? Now call me back. Bye. I want to be on WGN. I want to be in the morning news. Well, I mean, after, no, morning news, actually, morning news, tomorrow, okay? Okay? And not free till 8, okay? That was Sophia from Northwest Indiana. Yeah, she just wants me to call her back. That's, like, if I just call her back, but it's, her hours aren't great for me. It's after <laughs> 4 and then before 8. Uh, like, I'm on the air uh, uh, up until 8, and then after 4, I'm, I got other things on my plate. So, uh what was her name? Sophia. Sophia, listen, thank you for your call. I love how focused you were on getting the information out, and you sound like a fun young person, and I'm glad that young people are watching our show. So, Sophia, thanks a million. Hey, what's the forecast? <laughs> what's the forecast? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be sunny today, 70. Enjoy. Uh, that was uh, Mike Toomey. Yeah, the old Toomer. I love that man. He is smart, he's funny, and he's such a good-hearted. He's another good father. I had talked with him a lot about, hey, how have you handled this situation? His kids are older than mine, but he's a great guy. Same. He's he's the best. I think we bounce everything off of him, don't yeah, we, Brian? He's a wise man. We do. Uh, WGN, guys, Paul, I have so many questions. Can somebody call me back, please? Oh, yeah. Should we call him back? I don't know. You want to? Yeah, why not? All right. Let's give him a call real quick. This is Jesse. A lot of suspense. Yeah, there is a lot of suspense. We'll have to leave him a voicemail. Yeah. Jesse, hey, uh, it's Paul Conrad. You had called and uh, asked me to give you a call back, so I'm calling you back. Uh, listen, I hope everything's all right. Uh, if it's an emergency, uh, call 911. Uh, but uh, sorry we missed you. Larry and Pat and Robin all say hello as well. And uh, don't call this number back because it's not mine. It's somebody else's. All right, take care. So there you have it. If you call into the WGM Morning News podcast, you may get Paul Conrad to call you back. So, hey, listeners, listen up. Don't forget, 773-883-3323. We got Larry next week. We got Robin after that. Ask them questions. And, hey, maybe we'll call you back. One more time. That's 773-883-3323. All right, Paul, do you have anything to promote, like a movie or a book? Uh, no, I have nothing. I would just like to promote uh, healthy eating. Uh, get your vegetables and your proteins uh, and uh, try to get, uh, you know, uh, a couple toe touches in every day. And that's all I want to promote. All right, Paul, do you have any questions for us on the way out? 
Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of questions. The, the first question that I'm wondering about is... Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Out of time, Paul. That's all the time we have. You've been listening to the WGN Morning News Podcast. Tune in next week for Larry Potash. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McBee. And, and good, good morning, Chicago. Chicago. Or whenever you're listening to this. We love you. Say bye, Paul. Be careful. Bye. WGN Morning News Podcast. I'm uh, going to lunch. We're going to go to uh, Fogo de Chow and just uh, have. I'm like. <laughs> and then it goes, wait. My darling, I hunger for your touch. What's your bra size? Qu- <laughs> hey, Dean. Your donuts blow. As far as my underwear goes, um, Extra small. Can I borrow $5,000? Absolutely not, Brian. You never lend money to family or friends. Are we friends? This is nine very personal questions. Is that how it goes? Yeah. These are nine very personal yeah, right. questions. Oh, yeah. It's a long drag at the yeah, end. Yeah, you got to kind of put some mustard on it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wrote the, uh, is this infected? So, yeah, I did. Yeah. That's good, too. I so, love that. Joke. I have an appreciation is for infected. it. Yeah. yeah right. Oh, man. That, yeah, really. Get These it. are not. And it's almost it presupposes that it is infected. Yeah, because you feel. Yeah. Is it infected? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not going to write a song if it's no. No. Oh, exactly. Thank you for listening. I love